Scott O'Neill's first game as interim Winnipeg Jets head coach while Rick Bonus is attending to his family ended with a big victory over the St. Louis Blues. It wasn't always a perfect game, but for the most part, the Jets took care of business and we'll dive into how they did it on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on X at HL Living Local, uh, HL Living Local and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, let's start off with the uh, the fun stuff, right? Winnipeg beat the St. Louis Blues 4-2, and it was a fairly convincing win for the most part. Uh, this is Scott Arneal's first game as interim Jets head coach. Obviously, Rick Bonus has been attending to his wife, Judy. Uh, so far, so good in terms of her getting home and on the road to recovery, so that's great news. Obviously, they're still doing some evaluation and stuff, so... Uh, the the first and, and most pressing thing is, you know, hoping for for a quick recovery for her and for their family to do well. But uh, in the meantime, of course, the Jets still have to, you know, play the schedule and get through these next few weeks. Um, we don't even know how long, you know, Rick is going to be out for. But Scott Arneal in his first game as interim Jets head coach showed us that, you know, he was capable of taking the reins and got the job done. Winnipeg, for the most part, controlled this game at even strength. You know, you didn't really see a lot from the Blues. Uh, the first period, I would say, was pretty slow. Uh, the Jets definitely had the edge in 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 shot clock and in chance creation, although I'd still say that, for the most part, it wasn't um, the most exciting of periods, right? The Blues tried to slow the game down, kind of grind it out, and it, it, it wasn't like the Jets found many lanes to the net that were super dangerous. Anytime they got close, Jordan Bennington usually uh, was able to shut the door. And in fact, you know, on the few counters that the Blues did have, they actually looked a little bit more dangerous. Hellebuck had to make one really good diving save early in the game that kept it scoreless. That one, you know, you could argue uh, changed uh, the momentum of the game. That stuff I wouldn't really read too much into, but in terms of uh, that being a rather big save for the Jets, you know, obviously early, you get the feeling of the puck underneath you, and Helly made a great stop. The second period rolled in, and, you know, the Jets started to really apply pressure at times, 
And as the game wore on, you could see increasingly the Jets getting stronger and stronger. Evidently, that first period wasn't really to their liking. And in the second period, they finally started to hit the back of the net. Uh, David Gustafson scored his second, I think, his second NHL goal ever. This one was a great behind-the-back feed from Cole Perfetti, who, you know, glanced over his shoulder really quickly, saw Gus coming down the slot, and did a behind-the-back pass that was just perfect uh, from the wall. So a great pass, great feed. Gus didn't miss. And, you know, around 18 seconds later, Mason Appleton gets a one-timer um, for his own goal, a really nice finish, and the Jets are up 2 nothing. Now, things weren't perfect. Uh, I alluded to the fact that, you know, the Blues had a couple of really dangerous counters, and a lot of those came off of either weird gapping or decisions from the Jets' defense uh, or Winnipeg just being a little overly aggressive, which I don't always mind. Um, against the Blues, the Jets kind of could get away with it a bit. I, I think St. Louis doesn't really have a lot of foot speed, and in terms of elite scoring prowess, Past the top six, it's it's not a team that has a lot of elite finishing talent. So the Jets kind of played with fire and didn't really get burned too much. But I would say against better teams, you want to be a little bit more cautious and really manage the puck better than what the Jets did in this game. Uh, the only thing to really mar the actual box score, though, was a power play goal against from Pavel Buchnevich. This one was a great tip, but you can kind of see the Jets' PK wasn't really putting enough pressure. Uh, Dylan failed to tie Buchnevich up in front of the net. Buch gets a beautiful tip, and it is past Hellebuck. Not much he could do about that for that save opportunity. So, yeah, you know, the Jets took quite a few penalties. I also felt like they gave up a lot of odd man rushes. I think against stronger teams like Colorado or, or you know, Dallas or some of these other squads, that's going to hurt the Jets more often than not. But thankfully, this being the Blues, St. Louis was just pretty bad. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair way to describe it. The Blues just didn't really get much offensively going. Um, and, you know, for much of the game, it felt like they were the ones being pressured and hemmed in. Winnipeg probably could have run the score up a little bit had they had a few extra bounces here and there. There were times where you know, they, they had some really good shooting lanes and maybe slightly overcooked it, but otherwise, you know, the execution was there. Um, so yeah, I, I would say for Arneal's first game, uh, a success, you know, you just sort of want to dip your toes in, kind of not change too, too much from what bonus has been instructing in practices and stuff. And Winnipeg again, took care of business. It wasn't like an amazingly pretty game, but they gave up only like 20 shots. I think the whole game, which is pretty decent. Uh, two of those did go in. So not ideal, but you know, it wasn't really on Hellebuck. There were just some really silly mistakes that the jets made. And I think that's one thing that Winnipeg has had issues with this year is just brain farts, right? We know that in previous years, the Jets would make a mistake and it somehow end up in the back of the net. And I think that is kind of like a recurring thing that we've seen some shades of with the season. It's not as prevalent as it was in years past, but it's definitely worse than it was last season. I feel like this Jets team um, just for whatever reason, they struggle to kill off games. They've had a lot of mental errors and mistakes and just really bad plays that don't need to happen. I, I think, you know, a textbook textbook example is that Morrissey turnover for the second goal. I don't really know why he <clears throat> why he reversed it along the walls, uh, especially blindly and into traffic. It turned into an immediate turnover. 
St. Louis had a tiki taka triangle pass basically below the goal line. And just like that, they claw the, the game back to within a goal and it's three, two. So the jets just, I, I think they need to clean that up. They really want to avoid making very silly mistakes because the, the more that they allow their teams, uh, their opponents to, to stay in these games, the more pressure it puts on Winnipeg to be perfect. And you just don't want to do that. The Jets are are fun, but they're definitely flawed. And I think the, the more pressure you apply to them, the harder it is for them to see out these wins. So, you know, for this game, it wasn't as big of a deal. But going forward, definitely something that they're going to want to clean up as they look to round out their performances. But there is one thing that's kind of been a, a recurring theme with this squad, and especially when it comes to the forwards. We'll talk about how this Jets team kind of echoes uh, teams of the past and whether this team is on par with those squads, or if there is perhaps something uh, lacking in the overall um, composition of the squad, right? We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets, obviously a lot of you know that it can be a real pain in the butt. Uh, some of you are used to buying tickets well in advance. Maybe a few of you have even done last minute tickets because you know that sometimes it can help you save money. Game Time knows exactly what you're dealing with, and honestly, with the amount of ticket sales out there, especially resellers that have kind of sketchy websites and stuff, you want a site that you can trust. And Game Time is here to help with a great experience and an app that allows you to get killer last-minute deals, flash deals, and even seat views so you know exactly what you're paying for. You're not going in blind like a lot of these other kind of weird, sketchy sites that you know some of you might frequent. Game Time wants to give you tickets uh, and deals right up to the start of the, the event, and they also have great guarantees in case there's event cancellation, you lose your job, and they also want to make sure that you're getting the lowest price every time. So if you are ready to get started and take the guesswork out of buying tickets, go to Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply, create an account, and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. That's locked on NHL. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also wanted to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. Those of you who have uh, ever heard of Sleeper, you probably know that, well, with the Sleeper app, it makes daily fantasy hockey a reality, especially when the NHL season brings in all sorts of possibilities. Maybe Mark Shifley is going to score 10 hat-tricks this year. Maybe the Jets are even going to hoist the Stanley Cup. But the only way that you can uh, see all of that happen and win big is by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper. Our pick for the official Daily Fantasy Hockey app of the Locked On NHL Network. Of course, they offer many of uh, the, the best and most popular Daily Fantasy sports out there. But we especially recommend them for Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in put in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is just pick some stats categories for some of the top players. We're talking McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, McCarr, Shifley, maybe even Neil Pionk if you love him that much. You know, do you think they're going to record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, saves, assists, and so much more? 
to win a uh, 100 times bet on sleeper, you just need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Jets fans, you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Again, terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL when setting up your account. See sleeper's terms of use for details and the locational availability. Hello, Jets fans, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyday, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode as we talk about some stuff with the Jets that perhaps gets your blood pumping. Maybe you're a little bit excited. Uh, some of the uh, some of the feedback I've been getting on Twitter so far, um, it, it's been interesting, right? A lot of people are, are pretty positive about this Jets team that uh, I, I think – you know, there's a, there's a buzz around the squad, right? Something that I would say people have increasingly been suggesting is that this team reminds them of a certain Jets team uh, over the past few years that we're all very fond of. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you remember exactly how, uh, were, were, well, exactly where you were when they beat the Preds, when they were facing the Vegas Golden Knights. You remember all of that because that's, that run for the Jets was one of the most, I would say, belief-ridden and and inspiring and unfortunately heartbreaking playoff runs in Jets history. We're, of course, talking about the 2017-2018 team. And, and this Jets squad, it's not there yet for me, but it reminds me in some of these games a lot of what made that Jets team special. You know, it really comes down to one core aspect that both teams do share pretty, pretty strongly, and it's forward depth, right? Having four deep lines where everyone's actually playing pretty well. Um, for the most part, I wouldn't even say that there's anyone who's really been a weak link. I, I mean, you could maybe say that Appleton has occasionally struggled in a few of these games. Maybe Lowry hasn't always been uh, top flight. If I'm going to pick on somebody, it's probably Kyle Connor, though. I feel like his game has uh, unfortunately become really, really one dimensional. But so long as he's scoring, I'm not going to complain. That's the main thing. And, you know, he <laughs> as the saying goes, Kyle Connor is good as uh, is good at what Kyle Connor is good at. So if you know what he does, you sort of expect the rest to unfortunately uh, not be as big of a priority for him. But. On the whole, philosophically, right, this Jets team rolls four lines. They've got tons of offensive pressure. They can dominate zone control. They've been winning more second-chance pucks than they have in the past, and I feel like the passing has been more accurate. And I don't have the stats to really back that up. It just seems to be something that I feel I've noticed just from observation. I'd be curious to know if the numbers really back that up, but I do feel like in terms of Winnipeg's distribution inside the offensive zone, it's gotten sharper. Uh, in the past, it was really rough. It felt like the Jets passed up on opportunities and occasionally just threw the puck away, but this time it hasn't felt nearly as bad. So some signs of improvement there, obviously really important when you consider that passing is one of the most important parts of creating offense. But what I also really like with this Jets team and, and something that the 17-18 team did well is have an effective forecheck, but one that you turn into offense, right? A forecheck, just a forecheck and, and separate the puck doesn't really mean anything unless you turn that possession change into a chance, right? You you want to have offensive pressure and forechecking ability that actually results in you getting opportunities to score again, because what else are you doing any of it for? 
And that's where I feel like the Jets depth lines have done a fantastic job of being physical, but effective and efficient. And I think that stuff has made the Jets a more dangerous team. And honestly, this this is one of the deepest lineups we've had at forward for the past several years. The big reason this Jets team is not there yet for the 2017-2018 squad is when you look outside of the forwards, right? The blue line is, is uh, yeah, it's a bit of a hot mess. And I want to spend some time talking about some of the particular pain points that I've seen so far with this defense. I think there are like a few key areas where um, the Jets blue line has really struggled. And I, I'm not trying to like single out, you know, single out guys or, or uh, land base the whole blue line. But obviously, in some of these games, they've made things a little too interesting. And as as much as Hellebuck also wants to sharpen up and probably perform better, the Jets' defense has also got to smarten up. They've made some really bad plays. I think, like I said, the Morrissey uh, turnover that I mentioned earlier is emblematic of Winnipeg's inability at times to kill off these games and to stay clean. So something to keep an eye on, but we'll talk about um, the Jets' pain points with the defense in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. For those of you who are Ravens fans like me, you might even be betting that the Ravens are going to be hosting uh, the Lombardi Trophy here in a few months. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch, but I am kind of excited. Maybe you think the Vikes are going to turn their season around with a resurgent Kirk Cousins and an offense that hopefully is more than just embarrassing because, of course, the Vikes have had, yeah, an interesting run of form over the last few years. But no matter who you support and want to bet on, be sure to bet with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us as we talk about um, one of the few pain points that I would say has really stood out for this Jets team over the first six or so games. Uh, Winnipeg's defense has really come into um, the, the limelight as a bit of a source of uh, anxiety, right? The Jets defense unfortunately doesn't kill off games. It has surrendered a lot of odd man rushes. And I think we saw that in particular against the blues. If the blues were a faster team, the jets might've been cooked in that game, but thankfully because St. Louis is not overly uh, skilled and, and speedy as much as they used to be, the jets kind of got away with it. Um, I think against stronger teams, the jets are going to find themselves perhaps conceding a few more opportunities than they would really like, but uh, the, the primary issue with this Jets blue line is that it just doesn't actually defend that well. Dylan can do it in isolated instances. Sandberg can do it as well. But, you know, obviously those guys have taken a decent chunk of penalties this year. Um, the discipline occasionally does get them into some trouble. Morrissey, we know he just doesn't defend. That's not his game. And I feel like this year, more than last year, he's also really cheating for offense. In fact, sometimes he's almost so impetuous that I think he actually needs to slow it down a bit and manage the puck a little more carefully because otherwise he's just going to throw the puck away and get himself into trouble. But in the meantime, he is still scoring plenty of points. So that part at least hasn't really gone away. 
He just needs to perhaps rein in some of the puck management issues that are, are definitely impacting his um, defensive scores pretty poorly. So something that uh, you, you could say needs to be improved upon, but you know, the, 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 the defense, I, I don't know how to describe it. Right. Because there's a mixture of problems, but one thing that does seem to pop up in, you know, under a lot of circumstances is just decision-making. I feel like at times the Jets defense makes things a lot harder than it has to be. They, you know, either force passes or for some reason skate themselves into trouble and they should just kind of use a, a safer outlet or, you know, maybe even just tuck it along the walls. I don't know. Sometimes it, it, it feels like, the, you know, no matter what the Jets defense does, it's going to get pinned in and struggle, in part because the forwards haven't always supported well, but just in general, the Jets' blue line isn't really mobile. It's not super, um, you know, creative in possession. So that is definitely something that the Jets' defense is going to want to add, that creativity and, and puck control really could help Winnipeg break out more efficiently, maybe even hit some nicer passes. And you know what? If they're fortunate and get up, the ice into a dangerous area, perhaps even scoring a few extra points and goals for a team that, you know, could definitely use that extra finishing ability. I think the Jets team so far has created plenty of opportunities, but whether they've been able to get it past goalies has been a little bit of a challenge, at least in some of these games. But thankfully, that wasn't the issue here. Bennington did kind of concede one or two opportunities that I think he'd prefer not to have recorded and played back for his opponents. But otherwise, um, yeah, the Jets' defense, it's a big problem, and I don't know how you fix it. You could definitely bench one of the veterans in favor of, like, a Declan Chisholm or something, but A, the Jets are never going to do that because that's lost money when you really think about it, and B, as much as I love Chisholm and as much as I want him to succeed, I also kind of look at the situation as he might not help as much as you'd hope, right? Because like he's a very good puck mover, but he's still occasionally chaotic with his decision-making. To me, I, I feel like his perhaps best case scenario is that he's like an upgraded Pionk. So if you accept that that's what he's going to bring, I think you can get away with it. Uh, whether you want to is is a bit of a different story. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's tough because the Jets really need to move out salary and move out some of these D contracts, and they're kind of stuck with most of them. Maybe somebody really wants Brendan Dillon. Maybe somebody would be, you know, willing to accept a payment for Nate Schmidt. Um, Schmidt has looked really rough in a lot of these games. He's he's slow to react, and unfortunately, just doesn't have the mobility that he used to. But um, maybe you know, maybe there's a team out there that would be willing to take his cap hit on for the right price. I don't know what that price would even be at this point, but. Yeah, the Jets really need the back-end flexibility, and they need, to, they need to open up some spots because Vili Heinola is going to come back at some point. He was already well on his way to, to, to becoming like an established NHLer if the training camp and preseason performances were anything to go by. But then he you know, fractured his ankle, and things really uh, spiraled out of control from there. But I think once he comes back, he should honestly be in the running for a roster spot again. I thought he looked really amazing during preseason. I thought he was everything that he, we had hoped he would be. Um, you know, efficient in puck control, very creative player in offense, and uh, surprisingly attuned to defensive positioning, which helped them a lot in board battles. So, you know, that sort of stuff I think is is really helpful and could really give the Jets a boost on the back end. But just adding mobility and skill would be a blessing in and of itself. If that's the only thing that it added, that'd be great. Because like the Jets defense, we already know that they're not going to defend that well. That's just something that you kind of have to accept. And uh, you have to hope that, 
at least for um Hellebuck that he's he's wisened up and is prepared for the opportunities that they'll concede but you know I mean I I've I've complained about it a lot as it is so I'm going to limit my my kvetching uh there but yeah you know if the Jets defense adds the right improvements and makes a few tactical adjustments this Jets team might start looking a lot more like the 2017-2018 team for more folks than who are just us homers but I I do have to say I'm I'm intrigued by this year's squad. I would say I'm more interested uh, in this team than I've been in several seasons, even over last year when Bones came in. I just feel like this this squad might be real fun and real interesting to watch. But well, let me know how you feel about the season so far. What did you think of the game against the Blues? Were you impressed with Winnipeg's performance? Do you feel that they didn't quite get the job done as much as you'd have liked? Or uh, do you just not have an opinion? No matter what you're feeling, though, drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on X. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Tomorrow's episode, I thought I'd also spend some time talking about the whole Chipman thing. If you haven't seen the interview, Darren Dreger's got it, and it talks about relocation. So we'll talk about some of uh, uh, Chipman's commentary on that on tomorrow's episode. But for tonight's show, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets, go. You're locked on the... 